Thanks for listening to the City Collective Podcast. We hope that this message from Pastor Jason Charles and the City Collective team challenges and inspires you. Enjoy. So good morning. As uh, was mentioned, my name is Shanda. My husband Craig and I, we've been lead pastors at Horizon Church for the last five years. Um, We have three daughters, one son-in-law. Our kids are just about 19, 21, and 23. And it's been amazing. Um, I've loved being a mom. Uh, I work full-time as an office manager for a provincial MLA, and in my spare time, I work at the church. So we're quite busy. Um, it's, been, it's just been a great season. So that's just a little bit about me. Been married 27 years. All fun and games, right? Never a dull moment. <laughs> so I understand this morning that you um, kind of have been waking, making your way through Luke. So this morning we're going to speak, I want to teach, uh, speak out of Luke chapter 4, and it's kind of verses 1 to 14, and it's talking about the time in the wilderness when Jesus entered for a season of testing and a season of trial. When I think of the wilderness, I have conflicting emotions, because I do like the outdoors, I like camping, I like being out in nature, sitting by the lake. My husband can't figure out why I would choose to cook my meal over a fire and sleep on the ground when I have a perfectly good stove and bed at home. So we didn't do a ton of camping or being out in nature when we were um, in the last several years. And I have to admit now that I'm getting older, like camping would at a minimum be like some kind of trailer that has a real bed. But when our kids were small, tents is what it was, foam on the ground, you're suffering, but it's great. So I actually love nature. I I love being outdoors. I mean, we lived on Vancouver Island for about 15 years, and and when you camp on Vancouver Island, you never quite know what you're going to get. There's been times, literally, where we've woken up in the middle of the night with the river running through the middle of our tent, and then you spend the whole next day in the rain trying to dry out your sleeping bag. Doesn't that sound like fun? Doesn't the wilderness sound fun? But when it comes to a spiritual journey or a journey of life, the wilderness isn't always a fun thing. It often has connotations of negativity. And for me, I don't always look forward to them because it usually means that I get to work something out that God is wanting to put his finger on in my life. And this passage in Luke shows us how Jesus was not only led into the wilderness, but how he came out the other side successfully. And I'm hoping by the time we're done today that I will have given you a few tools that you can put in your hand. You see, for Jesus, this passage follows immediately from when he was baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came on him like a dove. He came out of the water and he was led into the wilderness for 40 days. And then he was launched into ministry. And you know, during that 40 days that he was there, there was three specific types of testing that the enemy brought against him. And and scholars would parallel this portion of scripture with the portion where the Israelites were in in the wilderness for 40 years and they had some specific things that they had to walk through, some specific testings that kind of correlate. But I kind of want to focus on two points. One's at the beginning and one's at the end. And I'm not going to read the whole passage, but basically verse 1 says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. So remember, he'd just been baptized and anointed for ministry. And then it says this phrase, He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. 
where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. And like I said, when we think of wilderness, we might think of those rain-soaked tents or cold nights or temptation that it's not going to bring about a fun time. It's going to bring pain and suffering. But, you know, the Bible talks a lot about wildernesses. There's many, many different portions. Moses was led into the wilderness for a season. David was chased into the wilderness right after he received the call of God on his life to be the king. Israel wandered for 40 years. And rightly so, we equate the wilderness with a difficult season. But I think what we forget is that we often stop right there, that they were led into the wilderness. And we don't look at what the result of the wilderness was. We don't look at what happened when they came out the other side. And that's the key thing. I avoid pain. I don't like pain. I don't know anybody that does enjoy pain. I avoid situations that will cause me pain. I avoid conversations that will cause me pain. I don't go to the gym. People tell me that if you go long enough, you'll feel these great endorphins and it's actually a really good thing. I must be doing something wrong. All I feel is pain and so I avoid it. Although apparently some of our children, if, who knows what Tough Mudder is? Okay, so my husband and some of our kids did Tough Mudder this last June and it's a 20, it's like a 22, 27 kilometer run up at Whistler with all these difficult obstacles in it, for those that don't know. So we've been informed, Liza and I, that we're doing Tough Mudder as a family next year, which means I'm going to be coming acquainted with the gym probably in September so that I don't die in June on Whistler. But I don't like things that bring pain. And I think that's probably a normal, common response. I try to learn from other people's mistakes. And maybe this morning you've been avoiding the wilderness because you've been avoiding because you know it's probably going to be painful. Maybe you find yourself this morning in a wilderness of confusion or, um, and, and you just want to avoid the possibility that, the, that this difficult thing that you see ahead, you're kind of trying to skirt around it. Maybe it's loss of relationship. Because the wilderness will look different for each one of us. Maybe it's the pain of a broken family or lost family. Maybe it's the pain of a lost love or a lost job. There's so many different things. Loss of hope, loss of purpose. The, the wilderness can represent different things for different people. But we, when we avoid the inevitable, we end up actually prolonging the process. You know, one of the first major wilderness seasons that Craig and I walked through was when we just had two kids, they were both little, and we knew we had been called to ministry, and Craig had actually, he'd been working as a principal in a Christian school, and the job, they closed the school, the job ended. So he was kind of doing odd jobs here and there, and we didn't have a lot of money, and we felt like that we were called to ministry, so we did what you do when you're called to ministry. We went to different churches that were offering us pastorships, and every time we went, it was like God said no, and he closed the door. And after, like, I'm talking like four or five, we even drove all the way out to Saskatchewan, for which I thank the Lord God that he didn't call us out to Saskatchewan. <laughs> Just, you know, you got to thank God for those unanswered prayers. But we went all the way out to Regina, and we're like, Lord, like, send me. We'll go wherever. And we went, and we're like, this is a great church. And God said, mm, yeah, no, not the right one. We went through like a year of this. And I remember this one memory, looking outside and seeing my husband. And, wow, 15 minutes, okay. Here we go. Anyways, he's out there, and I can see, looks like he's talking to somebody, and, and I think he's, like, singing or something. I don't know. But I find out later he's actually out there yelling at God. 
God, you called us. You're the one that put the desire in our heart for ministry. Why do you keep closing the doors? And you know, it's okay to be angry at times when you're in the wilderness season and it's confusing and it's dark and it's not clear. The Bible says don't sin in your anger. It doesn't say don't be angry. It just says don't sin in your anger. And Craig was like just having it out with God and that was okay. But what we didn't know at the time is that we were being refined. That God was actually refining and establishing his call on our lives. It was one of the first major tests to see if we would respond because there was a call of God on us for ministry. And you know, it's in moments like that where decisions are made that can alter the path that you might be on. But the wilderness, testing, challenge, all things we try to avoid. But unfortunately, I'm here to tell you today the good news that there are things that you can only learn in the wilderness. And I must be slow because I realized as I was preparing this message that we've actually had quite a few wilderness seasons. Some were short, some were long, some were more painful and challenging than others, but they all have been so powerful for us. Because you see, obscurity and testing, which happens in the wilderness, leads to promotion. Luke 4.14 says, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with Holy Spirit's power, and reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. You know, there was no social media in that day. There was no, like, selfie at the Jordan, here I come. You know, he didn't have followers that could just tap in and find out where he was going. But word spread quickly because there was something that happened in the wilderness that launched him into who the season that he needed to be in of ministry. You know, Moses went into the wilderness as a stuttering murderer, and he came out the other side, the deliverer of a nation. David went into the wilderness as a gifted boy, but he came out as a king, ready to rule. Israel went into the wilderness as captives, slaves, and runaways, but they came out of the wilderness warriors ready to walk into their inheritance. And I believe that the same is, can be the same for us today, that if we will spot, respond correctly to the wilderness, we will see the increase and the promotion that God desires for us to walk into. I love how God's word is so practical. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, it says, it's a story about Joseph and his life. And man, if you ever want to see, if you want to be encouraged that maybe your life isn't so bad, look at the story of Joseph and all of the trials and the testings and the wilderness seasons that he had to walk through. But in Genesis 50, it says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, which is the saving of many lives. We say it this way, what the enemy intended for evil, God will use it for his good, but we have to allow him to do that. So if the wilderness season is meant to be a season that refines us and tests us and brings us promotion and power, why is that often not the case? Why do we often come through the wilderness just looking more tired, more deflated, and maybe limping a little bit? And if you hear nothing else this morning, I hope you hear this. I believe this is the key, that your response to the wilderness will determine your success coming out of the wilderness. 
So how do we successfully navigate that season in 11 minutes or less? Okay. No problem. So before I actually I dive into the tools, the practical for it, I actually, when I was preparing for this message, I just felt like the Lord gave me this message as well. And, and we believe God still speaks today. I believe his, the, the word and the message that God's given me will speak to you. But I felt specifically as I was preparing for this that there was some here this morning, and all you needed to hear was God to encourage you to say, don't give up. I felt like there's some here this morning that you've been in an extended wilderness season and you feel like you've been there so long that even God has forgotten where you are, that maybe he's misplaced you. And I felt like the Lord wanted you to hear this morning to keep going. Don't stop. Don't set up camp in the wilderness because that's not the promised land. That's the wilderness. It has a different purpose. That's not where you're supposed to stay. That the enemy would like to see you stay and give up right where you are. And that, but, and that has been the enemy's plan. But God sees you and if you will keep moving forward, you will very quickly realize that you're coming through. That you are facing your Jericho. It's like when the Israelites came through the wilderness and they're finally facing Jericho. They're on the edge of their breakthrough. They're on the edge of everything that God's been working out of them for 40 years. And if they had given up at that point, they would have missed out completely. And I just felt for some this morning that you're on the edge of your Jericho. You're facing your Jericho. And don't give up. Face it and keep moving forward because God sees you and he has you. So how do we successfully navigate the wilderness? First of all, we have to recognize that Jesus led us. Jesus was led into the wilderness. It was God's plan. It was not his punishment. It was not an accident. There was a purpose in it. And often we think that we're in the wilderness because it's something that we've done wrong. That's a lie from the enemy. Yeah, we screw up at times and maybe we can help contribute to the wilderness that we're in or we can delay our response or our time that we're there, but it's never because you're being punished. Jesus was led into the wilderness. So we can't get caught up on the why that we're there. Because I believe, as I said before, what the enemy intends for evil, God is going to use for his good. He's setting you up for promotion. But the key is how you respond. Because your response to the wilderness will determine your success coming out of the wilderness. See, Jesus shows us that his response is that he doesn't engage the enemy. When the enemy comes at him with those challenges... God's not looking for a fight. He responds to the challenge, and then the enemy goes away. And then it doesn't say what Jesus does. But he's there for 40 days, and it says the enemy, he, the enemy came and he pulled away. He came and pulled away. So Jesus wasn't looking for the fight, so the fight's not yours. You cannot fight harder to get yourself out of the wilderness sooner. You have to fight smarter. God is not trying to kill you in the wilderness. The wilderness is always about breaking the appetite that wants to control you. Does fear control you this morning? Maybe it's anxiety. These are very real things that we face and we deal with. Maybe your struggle is with relationships or your wilderness season is about control because there's other things that control you more than Holy Spirit. Maybe you've got trust things that you just don't trust easily. It will all be worked out in the wilderness if you will allow. 
I can tell you from personal experience that although the wilderness seasons in my life were not fun at the time, they were not easy, without question, when we came out the other side, I could see how God had provided for ways in ways that I could never have believed. Another time we went through a season, Craig had been unemployed. We literally came to the last day of our employment insurance. It was a season of stretching for our family. We had three small kids. I wasn't working. And we went into that season not in a good financial position, didn't have a lot of money in that season, and came out the other side with money and savings. It didn't make sense. It was God math. It was like as long as we allowed him and we honored him in the midst of it. Because I can tell you that I have learned a powerful thing about the wilderness seasons. It's about trusting the one who led you into the season. It's about shifting our perspectives to align with his so that I can see what he wants me to see. It's like you talked about this morning, getting that higher perspective. All we may see is trees and mountains in front of us in darkness, but God is from a higher place and he sees beyond what would be blocking you or could be in front of you right now. And so you need to get to a place where you can trust him and see his perspective for your life. He knows me better than I know myself. I thought I was ready about four years ago to step into full-time ministry alongside my husband. I was pushing, like, come on. You've got so much work on you right now. There's so much that you're doing. I need to come and be doing ministry full-time. It's my heart cry. It's my desire. It's what I want. In my mind, I was ready. Four years later, I now know I wasn't ready four years ago. I got to trust him. Because the wilderness is all about working out the things that God needs to work out inside of us. You see, in that wilderness season, the enemy came to Jesus and tried to offer him things that he already had access to. Did you ever notice that? When the enemy wants to come and try and bring temptation or trial against you, he's going to come and offer you a counterfeit or an alternative to what is actually already yours. Maybe you're dealing with anxiety and there's no peace in your heart or you just have no, no peace in your life at all, just things constantly up in the air. And so the enemy will come and maybe he'll offer you, well, you know, there's, there's these crystals or there's this meditation or, you know, some spirit guides that you can tap into. The spirit, there's, there's, there's options out there all over the place. Because, you see, the enemy will offer you something that is counterfeit. At the time, it seems like what you need. But all it's going to do is bring you pain in the long run. He's going to give you a shortcut that seems like the answer at the time, but it will eventually cost you everything. So don't submit to the temptation of the enemy in the moment. Stand firm on what you already have access through, through Jesus. Philippians 4, 7 says, he will give you peace that passes all understanding. So don't settle for the counterfeit when you've got the power of his word. So let's allow ourselves to be led into the wilderness so that we can come out the other side. Let's not allow fear to hold us back from even entering or discouragement from getting to us in the midst of it because breakthroughs on the other side. You know, one of the keys that I think we need to hear this morning is that Jesus was led by the power of the Spirit of God and he was led by the power of the Word of God. It's not an either or, it's actually both. And in this 
passage, it's interesting that the, the, the word word, when it talks about the word that Jesus gave to the enemy, when he spoke scripture, when he spoke out, you know, the enemy would say, if you do this, I'll give you this. And Jesus said, you know, don't, it says don't tempt or whatever, the, the actual passages where you can read through it. It's a, long, it's a long passage. But the words that Jesus spoke, there's two words in the Greek to define words. There's the logos word and the rhema word. And Logos is the written word of God. It's the Bible that we have. And Jesus is speaking verses, but he's actually speaking out the rhema word of God. He's speaking out spirit-led words in those moments. And that's what we need. Did you know that God still speaks today? He speaks to each one of us. And if we're not hearing him, it's not that he's not speaking. It's just that maybe we don't know how to tap into what Holy Spirit is actually saying to us. But that's one of my prayers for you today is that you will learn to hear the leading and guiding of Holy Spirit in your wilderness season. You know, the other part of it is there's the power of Holy Spirit and then there's the power of the Bible. And for many of us, our Bible is maybe like the tool, a toolbox in the hands of an unskilled person. You know, given time, such a person might succeed with simple carpentry. And given time, we might overcome temptation or overcome the wilderness. However, temptations and trials seldom afford us the luxury of time. Temptation comes, it snares us, it destroys us, and it moves on. So we need to know the word of God. We need to know the word before we get into the wilderness so that it will sustain us and empower us through the wilderness season. Don't let condemnation drop on your head because you didn't do your devotions this morning. If you didn't do it this morning, pick it up again tomorrow. Start. Just get in the word. There's a version app. You can do devotional studies. You can link it together with other people so that you can actually be held accountable because other people will see, oh, Derek read his devotions this morning. This is what he read. And you can see it and it encourages you in it. Get a different version of the Bible. I'm loving the Passion Translation right now. It's just bringing new life to me. It's bringing that rhema. It's bringing the word alive to me in a new way. Whatever you have to do to get into the word, memorize it, write it on cards, write it on sticky notes, whatever you got to do. Because there's so much power in the word of God. You know, for me, I gave my life to Jesus when I was, I don't know, about four or five I was in Sunday school. I don't really remember it. I don't remember a time when I didn't know Jesus. That's part of my story. But I do remember at the age of 12 when I was at a summer camp. And I asked to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And everything changed in a moment for me. All of a sudden, Jesus became so real, so personal. I'm, I was in this old Pentecostal camp. I knelt on the floor by myself, and I just said, God, would you baptize me in the power of your Holy Spirit? And I felt this warmth come over me. I felt the love of God in a way I had never felt before. It was like all of a sudden God was real. He was alive. He knew me. He knew my situation. And he just powerfully began to minister to me. It was such a powerful moment. And for me, it was the beginning of my journey to know and understand who I was. That God had a purpose and a plan for my life. Who God had created me to be. It gave me an understanding of the authority and the power that I had access to and that I could walk in and that every one of us can walk in today. And I firmly believe that 
as I have experienced it personally, that if we want to come out of the wilderness or that temptation season with power and authority, like it says in verse 14, it's at the end of the passage about Jesus in the wilderness. It says, then, everybody say then. Come on, then. Then Jesus returned to Galilee. And this next phrase, he was filled with Holy Spirit's power. If we want to successfully come through the wilderness and walk into what God would have for us next, we have to know how to tap in to Holy Spirit's power. We're not seeking fame. You know, for Jesus, it was reports began to spread and he began to fulfill the call of de destiny on his life. And for each one of us, for each one of us, that looks different. But when you're in that wilderness season, when you invite Holy Spirit in to come and to speak to you, to lead you and guide you, he will begin to show you the path that he has for you. For some of you, it might be promotion. It might be promotion in a job. Maybe it's promotion to another place. Maybe for you this morning, the wilderness season has been such a painful season that it's just that God wants you to come out. Because can I tell you that when you walk through things, nothing is wasted. Nothing. I've walked through some pretty difficult seasons. But when you allow God to speak to you and minister to you in that season, you will come through with a power and authority that you didn't have previously. Can I tell you that some of the things that I've walked through in my life, those are now things that I'm able to minister to other people too because I now have an authority to speak to it. Brokenness, broken homes, broke, I come from a broken home. It was a painful season for me. But I now have an ability to speak and encourage people because for our family, we were blessed with this amazing man, my stepdad. He's been a father and a grandfather to my kids and in a father to me, unlike anything I was experiencing with my natural dad. So I can look at people that come from a broken situation and I can say, you know what? God sees you. He hasn't forgotten you. He's not going to leave you there. Have faith and take a next step. So whatever your wilderness season might be this morning, I want to encourage you that if you take a bold step of faith and if you just look and lift your eyes, I feel like the Lord said it's time for us to take our eyes off of the wilderness, off of what we see and begin to look to Jesus and say, God, what is the leading and the direction? What are you trying to teach me in this season? What do I need to know? What do you need to show me so that I can walk through it successfully and come out the other side like Jesus? not limping and wounded because let me tell you there's a world that needs to know the power of the gospel and you are the ones that carry that power you are the ones that as you're filled with Holy Spirit's power you will begin to change the lives of people around you if the key guy can just come back up and start playing I'm just about done I promise But we have to embrace the wilderness season. Don't curse it. Don't get angry with it. Don't set up tent and camp in the midst of your wilderness season. It might be one small step at a time. But can I encourage you this morning to keep moving forward through it. Because if you will lift your eyes and shift your perspective... 
and allow Holy Spirit to begin to speak to you and to flow through you, you will obtain a power and an authority as you come out the other side. I can almost guarantee in this room, if you are not in a wilderness season right now, you've probably just come out of one. And if you haven't just come out of one, you're probably getting ready to head into one. It seems to be the way that God works through us and God works on us. But I want you to remember this, that your response to the wilderness will determine your success coming out of the wilderness. Wouldn't you prefer to enter that wilderness with power? Says Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit with power to make it through and to know that you're going to be successful coming out the other side. If you can stand with me. I know that there's a, a, an area set up in the back here for prayer. I'm going to just do a general response, but if you just felt this morning like God was highlighting something for you and you want prayer, there's a prayer team that will be available over there. You can feel free to make your way over there at any point. But if you just close your eyes and bow your head, I just want to give privacy around the room. I just wanted to give, I felt two responses this morning. First of all, I just want to put out there that maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you came, someone invited you, and, and you've never heard of this Jesus or never decided to invite him into your life to have a personal relationship with him. I want to give an opportunity for that first. With every head bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around just to give you privacy, I'm not going to make you do anything. But if that's you this morning, if you're here and, and you don't know Jesus, but you recognize that you need someone that can help you get through your wilderness, his name is Jesus. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, if you can just slip your hand up real quick, I want to pray for you. Just always want to give an opportunity where you can invite Jesus into your life. Okay, and the other thing I've just felt was if you find yourself right now in the midst of a wilderness season, maybe you're one of the ones that I just felt that has been in it for a while. And you almost feel like God doesn't even see you anymore, that you're just so lost that there's no way out. Can you just slip your hand up? I just want to pray for you. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for each and every hand that was raised this morning. Father, I thank you that you see us, that you know us that you know us better than we know ourselves. Father, I thank you that right now you are visiting each one of these individuals that raised their hand. Father, I pray for each one as they're in their wilderness season, Lord, that you would just right now, you would begin to open their eyes. Father, where there was hopelessness, that you would release hope. Where there was fear, that you would release peace right now in the name of Jesus. Father, where there's been anxiety and there's been worry and there's been concern that there's no hope and there's no way out. Lord, I thank you that right now you are shining the light of heaven on every individual. Lord, that you are lighting the path up in front of them. Lord, that discouragement has to go right now in Jesus' name. Hopelessness has to go right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that it, you are coming right now in this moment and you are shifting things for individuals. 
individuals. You are shifting things for individuals. Father, for everyone that raised their hand this morning and everyone that is in the midst of a wilderness season and everyone that is crying out and knows that you have more for them than they're currently experiencing, Lord, that you would do something right now in the name of Jesus, that you would bring clarity, you would bring wisdom, you would bring truth, you would bring life. Lord, where there's been lifelessness and hopelessness, I thank you that right now you are shifting things over them and in them. And Lord, that you are bringing an end to the season of hopelessness. Whoever you are this morning, that you've been in that place of hopelessness, God wants you to know that he's shifting it and he's lifting it off you right now. Just give your shoulders a shake. You're actually going to feel lighter when you leave this morning because God loves you so much that he wants you to know and to hear that hopelessness is not where he wants you to live. So Lord, I thank you that faith is being released, that hope is being released, that peace is being released right now in your midst. Lord, that it's even like that song we sang earlier, that there's another in the fire with us. God, that you are there as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the flames of trial and the wilderness. God visited them in the midst of the fire. And when they came out, the only thing that was different is they were no longer bound. And God is doing that this morning. He's burning off the shackles. He's burning off all that has held you back. And he's releasing you to run the race that he has for you. So we're just going to sing this song in closing. I think Derek's going to come up after. But I want this song to just be a declaration that we make over our lives and over our situations. That God, you see us and that you make a way forward. In the name of Jesus, let's just sing this song. Go ahead. Thanks for listening to the City Collective Podcast. We hope you enjoyed that message. Please subscribe to stay up to date with every weekly message. For more information on City Collective, please visit www.citycollective.com. Or if you're in the greater Vancouver area, come visit us for Sunday. You can find more about our church and how you can get involved with what God is doing in the Lower Mainland. Have a great day.